Hey everyone, Ben Hurden here from Mortgage Choice Guy Mir again. Uh, I hope everyone's going well. Um, today we're speaking with Andrew Bloom from Sanders um, Real Estate in Janali. Welcome, Andrew, and thanks for your time. Hi, Ben. How are you? Great, thank you. Great. Um, there's big changes. It feels like everything's changing for the positive, and we're um, seeing open houses and auctions start again this weekend. How do you feel about that? Yeah, look, it's nice to sort of come out of the, I guess, that sort of um, you know lockdown sort of state that we're in. Uh, I think um, doing open homes is going to at least take a little bit of pressure off some logistics for people. Yeah. I don't think it'll make too much of an effect on how the market's performing currently, though. I think there's going to be an element of people that want to still see the property, you know, realistically, you know, away from other people because not everyone's comfortable with, you know, where where things are at from a health point of view. No, that's right. Um, there'll be some strong restrictions still on what we're doing in relation to open homes. You know, that we still have to adopted some standards around social distancing, um, you know, obviously uh, health and safety around hand sanitising. Uh, and we, we do have to record everyone's details in full that walk through the property just from a tracing point of view if there is any any issues. But I think, um, so there will be an element of people that really enjoy being able to just come to an open home that's already advertised rather than trying to, you know, organise booking one. But I still think we'll still see uh, a good chunk of people that actually prefer that private appointment anyway. So the good news is we can do both anyway. So we should be able to... Uh, adopt to all those changes. So is that what you've been doing up to this point? Is it just one-on-one -on -one, uh, tours yeah, essentially of, of a house? Very much. It's, it, it's, uh, it's been a refreshing change and it's been back to a bit more old school. I think um, mm. some of the buyers that were window shopping have decided not to have a look around, but the serious yeah. buyers are still out there and most definitely have they been, you know, still interested in looking at property. And as an agent, I think if you're selling someone's home, translating how that could be the new home for the new buyer, spending that extra time with them is always a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine that helps you get to the bottom of what people are looking for as well. So it's um, it'd be a better all-over service, I would imagine. Anyway, I haven't been to any open homes myself, but I just imagine the service and the relationship between everyone would be just a little bit deeper. Yeah, it has been. Um, you've been able to get to the bottom of things, and we've done a few uh, properties where we've gone from one house to an next to compare. So very much uh, more old-school style selling. Yeah, um, but uh, but it's been working really well actually. Yeah, that's good. Sounds a lot more labour intensive for the agent. Yeah, logistically, there's been a shift in how we do things. Uh, certainly, there are certain ways or routines that I think a lot of agents were in. Yeah, um, I think. Uh, you know, but ultimately, like any business, you, you adapt, and and we've been able to do that. And it's it's been um, yeah, I've been probably getting an inquiry from people via text, via via phone, mm. via email. So there's been. Yeah, a lot of changes around how we communicate with people. Yeah. Um, but but all but all in all, uh, it's it's working pretty good. Yeah. yeah, that's that's really good. It is amazing how quickly people have adapted to technology and new techniques and just new ways of doing everything. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, I think um, one thing certainly from my team's perspective, we put a lot of energy into a lot of the digital platforms prior yeah. to this happening. Anyway, so we were yeah. probably in a much better position than we realised. Uh, when this happened, so that's been that's been um, nice to nice to have that there. Yeah. Uh, but you're right; the industry has been doing a lot of catch up and getting involved in in doing a lot of digital things. And and like all things, when when you know the business is uh, forced to change, uh, and you come out with some things better. You know, we've got a lot of digital signage now with DocuSign and things like that. And yeah, they're things bad. probably we should have really employed like ages ago anyway. So to have yeah. them now in place is uh, you know we'll be better for it forever. So it's good. Yeah, I agree. These forced changes of created a lot of efficiencies which um, is, is a win for everyone I'm actually quite quite enjoying that um, have you seen yeah, the market you, change uh, oh sorry yeah. <laughs> sorry um, so have you seen the market change over the last 
for, for five weeks, however long it's been now? Look, I think there was that initial shock factor, which is normal. I think everyone went into a bit of shock. And the real estate industry was trying to work out what it could and couldn't do. And I think every day things were being, and because we're such a physical, uh, connective, um, you know, we are essential service, but there's a lot of, you know, face-to-face meetings and, and a lot of crowds involved with auctions, and especially the market was, you know, probably at its peak of all peaks. So, you know, we're certainly um, one of those industries that needed to change. Um, yeah. And as those rules came in every day, it was changing. So we were constantly yeah. adapting to what we could do. So the first couple of weeks was was uh, pretty intense uh, as to work out what we could and couldn't do. But once uh, once we got that new sort of um, level of what we could and couldn't do, it's been pretty easy to help people still buy and sell property. So, yeah. Mm, it's, uh, yeah. The market's probably taken a little bit of a decrease due to some less competition and probably, well, as you will probably share with us, some lending changes but um but all in all um you know still we're still getting really good prices and unfortunately the market you know i guess if it had to fall from somewhere at least it's fallen from the highest of all highs you know started yeah. this year we were probably higher than we've ever been you know so to fall you know maybe you know five to ten percent range depending on properties in you know is not a bad place to come from yeah 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 we've seen a lot of um uh, in in March we were we were flat out just before the, this all happened we were, we were really busy, uh, but then in April everyone just pulled their heads in. There was there was nothing happening. A few people um, tried to refinance, uh, but it was quite tough to get the finance at the time too. Um, and people just pulled their heads in and just they only did it if they had to do it. But in the last like week or two, we've started to see more and more people coming out, and we're seeing some really good genuine buyers come out getting pre approvals. Um, and just getting themselves ready. So I think the general uh, feeling is um, that this is all getting better and there's a, there's a feeling of positivity in the air. Um, and um, I'm seeing less people applying for hardship and uh, asking lenders to stop their repayments and more people trying to move forward again. So I think we're going back to where things were um, quite quickly. Well, that's it. We found the initial shock was something that all, all sellers and buyers sort of had to adopt, including ourselves. But fairly quickly, you know, we had a chat to a lot of sellers and saying, well, look, you know, if the market has fallen a little bit, what are you trying to do? And, you know, in a lot of cases, people were thinking about upgrading. Yeah. Now, in, in a falling market, it's an upgrading opportunity like never before because, you know, the, the, everything's fallen. But, you know, you, you might take a little bit of a loss on the one that you, you were hoping to get. But, uh, but ironically, the one that you're chasing has fallen by the same percentage roughly and therefore is probably closer to you than will ever be. And knowing that the market will recover over time, and therefore, that equity will return. So, you know, yeah. for a lot of people that are thinking of upsizing, they were just like, this is, it's now or never kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and whereas just simply waiting and saying, oh, I'm just going to ride it out to the bottom and then ride it back up again. I mean, it, well, if you're upgrading, probably you missed the boat. Um, you know, and if you sell in a market that's falling and you're able to wait a little bit and the market continue to fall, well, then, you know, then you're only winning a bit more again. So, but um, mm. no, we've had... Uh, in the last um, four to five weeks, we've had, you know, constant sales and we've had some real success stories where clients, uh, you know, have downsized previously and decided that was maybe a step too far and we right. chatted about, well, now's a good time to upsize. We end up selling their villa for more than they paid for it a year ago and they've managed to secure a property back in the suburb they came from. So for them, it's been a dream come true. So, days, you know, yeah. I think in all, in all markets, whether it's finance or real estate or whatever it is, I think when it's, when it's a moving market, there's always an opportunity for someone depending on your circumstances. So very quickly, I think we've worked out that, um, you know, it's, it's opportunistic for a lot of people once they understood what that meant. And then there was that double checking with like people like yourself as to, okay, well, how's my situation with 
finance and yep. and how are you finding loan applications? Are you finding that there's been an increase or a decrease since the dust sort of settled? Well, apart from those few weeks where people didn't really do much, we're starting absolutely seeing an increase now. Uh, we're also seeing the lenders though um, tightening up or getting a little bit scared or um, pulling out of certain markets. Um, so if you, like for, for an example, if you worked um, in hospitality, if you worked for a pub or a, a restaurant or um, even in aviation, just something like that, the lenders are very wary. So if you had a casual job at a restaurant, um, pretty much they'll just say no at the moment. The mortgage insurers will say no. So it really does depend on the industry and the types of income you're getting, uh, like okay. whether it's base income or commission income. Um, the mortgage insurers have tightened up. Uh, but having said that, the vast majority of applicants we're seeing um, are getting the loans approved, um, getting them approved um, relatively easily. We just need to do a little bit more work up front to make sure it fits all the boxes because nobody wants to submit a loan that's going to get knocked back within 10 minutes. Um, and are you finding people that have got pre-approval um, before, I guess, everything started to occur that are running around with that pre-approval in place? Are they still able to exercise are those loans then going through okay? If they find something that, that they trust well, not all of them, not all of them. So we had a few people working with um, with Qantas for it. That was a good example. Right when this started, Qantas laid off a fair few people, and um, the banks would pull the pre approvals on that. Um, we're going through all our pre approvals and speaking with people, making sure they haven't been affected by the lockdown. And if they haven't been affected, and they can show that, the lender's got no problem with it. Yeah, okay. Uh, like with honouring the pre-approvals. So we haven't had a position yet where um, a client has been surprised to find that they're, um, you know, that they're, they're out of a pre-approval or out of luck. So it hasn't resulted in any, in any real pain yet. We're noticing a lot of five-day cool-offs in properties are uh, being extended to 10. They're saying basically the feedback we're getting yeah. is the banks are a little bit slower on just getting all that together. Is that more probably a relation to the fact that they've got less staff going into the office so everything that i guess the wheels turning a little slower yeah yeah normally um i wouldn't give lenders the same benefit of the doubt that you'd give other businesses but in this case everyone is really trying and you've got assessors working all over australia uh from from their homes trying to get this thing done and they're not working in the normal team environment uh, which is the same with most people but with a loan assessment it goes through um like a conveyor belt style of system a lot of the times so it's just hard so some lenders have blown out um to weeks um can, so it can take weeks but other times we submitted one friday afternoon and had the full approval on on monday a full approval valuation done it was, it was just crazy so some good stories coming out of it with regards to submissions are you finding there's extra steps now that you would have to do i mean obviously i know you know, probably six months ago, the bank certainly made, they looked into your personal spending and things yeah. like that, a lot more detail than they did before. But since then, and I guess since this COVID-19, has there been any additional steps they're doing or is it pretty much still the same? They're just double checking everything. There's additional steps in that they're asking about COVID-19. So asking if you're going to be um, um, impacted in any way, um, like if you're on reduced hours, for example, so you can't slip in an old pay slip or, you know, and try and pull the wool over their eyes because they're going to look into it 100% of the time uh, yep. to, to make sure that, that everything is, um, um, is legit. So um, clients will often come to us um, and try and leave bits of the story out in the hope that it'll go through. 
Um, so the onus is now on brokers to ask more questions and document that, um, which is a good thing because we don't want our clients um, suffering any hardship because of, of this. Um, and the banks are doing the, the right thing in that respect as well. Yeah, and are you finding, um, I guess, a big question that's come up, we've seen it in the press a little bit about if things were to continue and some of these, um, you know, grants are available, like, for example, JobKeeper, if someone's yeah. in a position where they're able to receive the JobKeeper, does that help towards any applications or is that not a factor? No, that's a good question, though, because um, it is a factor. Some lenders will accept it. Um, most don't seem to be um, accepting it because it would indicate that you're impacted by by COVID, yeah. I suppose. So they're being a bit conservative. But other lenders will accept it um, in certain circumstances. I suppose it will depend on how much, as a percentage of borrowing of the value of the house, things like that. Uh, but some lenders are definitely accepting it. So for people that are thinking of it, obviously with the market being a little bit reduced in value, um, there's going to be an expectation on, and the big question, will it continue to fall or will it stay where it is? We, we've probably seen in the last two weeks, we've moved into a bit more of a neutral market Yep. And the reason we can say that is that, first of all, everything that we're listing is selling, yep. uh, but just taking us outside of that, the Sutherland Shire stock levels uh, in the last couple of weeks have only risen about 14 properties across the whole Shire. Well, I was going to ask so, you about that, actually. That seems yeah, low, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's it, and people are saying, oh, there's no stock. Well, that's actually not quite true. It did raise from around the mid sixes, yeah. uh, which was earlier in the year, which is where we were getting that huge competition. It's into the early sevens now, but it hasn't. So it has gone up from when this all started but it hasn't changed a lot and it's kind of holding, which means what we're seeing now is that all the properties that are coming on the market are selling, or at least there's enough selling that's also entering the market. So we've kind of moved through that shock factor into now a real neutral market. Yeah, and I'm I think actually surprised like, to hear that. I'm surprised yeah, to hear that. Yeah, I thought that, most people would be. The listing's you know, gone up a little bit, yeah. It's gone up a little bit. Everyone's got the story they're telling themselves is there's no stock around, but it's not true. It's actually gone up. So, But it hasn't gone up dramatically and it's kind of holding. So that really shows us that you know, I guess buyers and sellers are agreeing. Everyone's kind of being very fair around things and we're getting some, you know, very positive results that, that are still mm. in, in comparison, um, really strong prices. There is a small reduction. We know that. We know that it, it's hard to say how long that will last. And I guess the bigger factor is with unemployment, how long before people suffer and we find things like their yeah. loan applications change and, and yep. their, their ability to spend reduces. And then that might have a bigger impact on the market falling further. But if it was to do that, and people were in that position where they hit that sort of mortgage stress. Yeah. What do you think, like, what's the story with banks there? Like if I, if, if a client particularly needed to get mortgage relief, we know that's always been a thing that banks offer, but they're obviously advertising yep. a bit more now because it's, yes. it's a good PR thing to do. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, but, but with regards to that, what does that really mean to someone if they did take that on and they freeze their mortgage and they're able to do that? What does it mean when things get better? Do they just, catch up with higher repayments or does it just add on to the time of the loan? I mean, how does that work? It's, it's a bit of a mix. So um, the ones I've seen so far, the lenders are helping the clients by freezing the payments from uh, between three to six months. Uh, and maybe they review it after the first three months to see how things are going. So they're definitely trying to help clients cash flow. They're genuinely trying to help, which is a, which is a great thing. Uh, but then whatever is owing is going to be essentially added onto the loan and the client will have to repay it over the same term, over the remaining term, I should say, of the loan. So the ongoing repayments typically will be a little higher. Okay. Um, so they do play catch up. So you, you play catch up, yeah. So it okay. doesn't, um, you, you'll, you'll still pay the loan off in the same time. Now, there may be some lenders who are extending the term, um, but to me, that would um, trigger a, um, 
like a credit change in a new assessment. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure how they would legally do that. Um, I think what, if people are suffering hardship, they need to speak to the lender and, and, um, and sort it out, take what they're being offered, and then we can sort it out in six months. So if the right. repayments and, are just a bit too much, we can squish If you have savings in, your, you know, in an offset account or something like that, does the lender say, well, look, you'll need to exhaust that before we would help you with hardship? Or is that something where they say, no, no, we'll, we're happy to help you now because you need help now? They certainly would have once upon a time um, uh, made you uh, use all your wealth to, to, to get in front before they freeze it, but now they seem to be freezing it. So I'm sure there are some okay. um, stories of lenders asking people to do that. But um, I've seen a number of my clients with an offset account or redraw, um, and the lender has just, has just done the right thing and frozen the repayments. Okay. Simple as that. That's a real positive sign. We saw some stats out, which are obviously, you know, just predicting that potentially across the Sydney Basin area that you know, in potentially around the October time, we may see some some extra, you know, I guess mortgage stress from people. And yeah. they were sort of saying the Sutherland Shire would probably be about 2% of people would be in that situation. Yeah. And they weren't really indicating that banks are going to seize assets and things like that. But I think it's more that they were thinking that some people just won't be comfortable in that situation if they're in it. Yeah. Um, and they might opt to, you know, potentially, you know, move on, downsize or, or reassess the situation. So I don't think we're out of the woodwork yet. I think we're still going to see some, financial constraints and at the moment I, you know we're seeing a lot of people are either know where they stand or are being supported in a way where they're comfortable but you know i think we still need to get through you know once we come out the other side of i guess all the the relief that the government's yeah. uh, putting in yeah. and then see where people really stand yeah uh, I, how are you I finding think... yeah are you finding that people are planning for that now i I think the people that have asked for the help and genuinely need the help are planning for other things. Like it's, it's more just trying to keep businesses alive or, um, you know, just trying to keep the, the cash flow working for now and they're not thinking six months in advance. Um, I think a lot of people will need to restructure finances um, in six months um, and maybe even get some financial advice um, about how to, to get in front. Um, and like we certainly haven't seen anything like this in our lifetime. Like it would be um, the Great Depression was probably the, the last time we saw something like this. So um, we just haven't been through it. And I think it's going to be a wake-up call for a lot of people to pay closer attention to the finances and financial planning and just get everything bedded down. And it's going to be really interesting to see how habits change long-term. Well, we're thinking too that the market, the market will find its new home. It's, it may be where it is now. It may not fall further or it may go down. But I think one thing that's going to have a factor that I can see, and it's just my opinion, but ultimately I think if unemployment is to rise like it has and yeah. then people are forced to seek new employment, they're going to probably take on a new job. They may take a pay cut to enter a new workforce. Uh, and then if someone wants to then move into the marketplace to buy again because they had to shelve that because of what's going on, are you fine? how long do you think it takes, you know, what does a bank need to see from a time point of view for someone that's maybe got a new job or about to get a new job or in the future gets a new job? Is it six months? Is it twelve months of employment? Like, what, what's 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 really required? No, it's generally not that harsh, you know. Um, okay. When you start a new job, most of the time you have a probation period, which might be three to six months, uh, and some lenders will want to see that you're outside of that probation period. Uh, but if you're in the same industry that you've always been in, uh, there are some lenders that will just ignore that. Um, okay. So you could um, turn up with one pay slip, so be in the job for one pay cycle. Um, and, and you'd be okay. So there's certainly um, the possibility of getting finance more or less straight away. 
okay, great. So that's mm. that, that's really positive, I think, because that'll that'll probably dictate a lot. I think how quickly the market recovers too. Yeah, yeah, it, it will, it will. Um, so yeah, just I, from Steps' point of view, when we're meeting new buyers out there that maybe don't have finance yet, Ben, um, what's what would be the process? So normally, once upon a time, would be maybe call a broker like yourself and go and, and pop into your office. Yeah. Uh, if someone was new to things now, what what kind of new steps with the current restrictions you've got? How how do you go about um, helping well, we them get from? Yeah, it's a good question to too. Because um, my office, we're all working from our individual houses. We've got internet phones, so it feels like we're we're together and hopefully from a client's point of view it feels like we're together um the steps haven't changed except that we would do a, a, a zoom meeting um as the first phase rather than actually getting together at this stage um so it's still quite easy and we find it quite efficient um and the clients seem to like it as well so you know i, I hope they like it um there's sort of no option at the moment but yeah, we're sure. doing it um face to face via zoom uh and it seems to be working well um, and we've been quite busy with it too, so it's it's been um, a real surprise. And the real paperwork things now that people need to know, um, you know, ultimately there's you know the top five things that you know that everyone's going to need. We do hear out there quite a bit when buyers are talking about getting finance that they thought they had everything in place, and then they've told us over the phone, "Oh, look, I've had to have my brokers asked for additional paperwork." Yeah. Um, are you finding that um, it's just better off to get all that up front so that you've got everything you need before you even really get going? Yeah, it is. We've got a quite an exhaustive list um, and we've got systems in place to help people gather that. So bank statements, for example, we've got a, a system that will go and collect it all for you so people don't have to, to rat through everything. So it's actually easier than it sounds. Um, but it's absolutely better off providing everything you need up front, um, talking to your broker or your bank about the full um, situation and just checking everything off that could possibly be requested. And then you then you're more ready to go when the time comes, because uh, when you when found a place, you up, don't want to muck around. You want to no, buy. No, well, house. that's right. Well, yeah. and we're finding buyers are now because a lot of properties are for sale and not auction. You know, if a buyer likes it, they're putting in a strong offer. If the owner likes it, it's selling. So you know, yep. waiting around for a couple of weeks for another buyer isn't really something that most owners are entertaining. Um, however, because we can do um, open homes now and auctions, um, with auction coming back into the fold, um, obviously there's that there's that competition around buying under auction conditions, which means it's an mm -hmm. unconditional purchase. Yep. Um, what's some advice you've got there around if a buyer wants to offer prior in an auction campaign where they would waive their cooling off, yep. that's where they're going to obviously, after they've signed off and paid their deposit, uh, the bank will do a bank valuation. Um, yep. Are you seeing anything from bank valuations coming back that are not in line with the market? Are you seeing that kind of thing? Or what's your advice around you know, buyers buying at auction? First of all, with the auction is to get a pre-approval with a lender who actually assesses the application. Now, that might sound obvious, but a lot of lenders just won't assess it. So you can send in the application and your pay slips and everything, and 10 minutes later, you get a letter saying the loan's pre-approved, um, but it hasn't been checked. So the fine print says, we'll check this once you found a place. And then they come back asking questions, and there is seriously nothing worse than that um, once you've found a house, especially if you've bought at auction. Um, and without a loan approval, uh, that's a stressful time. So we'll, um, we help work out which lender will fully assess it. We get the loan fully assessed. In terms of valuations, I wouldn't get a valuation done prior to the auction uh, because we're seeing the valuations come in okay. Now, the only variance on that would be new properties, brand new properties in a development unit complexes or, or something. Uh, they're coming back 
um, the ones I've seen across Sydney are coming back with um, higher risk gradings. And it might be because where there was five houses, there is now 300 units. So the value is saying, oh, we don't know what's going to happen here uh, with everyone's job and the economy. So we're putting a higher risk grading on. Uh, and that can, um, that can turn some lenders off. Mm. But very yeah. rare, very rare. And what we found, I mean, obviously, um, you know, before everything sort of started with what's going on, we found that when properties were sold at auction, most lenders did come back with a valuation at what the property was sold at, probably yeah. because I guess it was fought and competed after it was on the market openly. Everyone had a chance to buy it. And I guess, you know, if you're yeah. going to try and prove what a property is worth, an auction really does deliver that. Yeah. Um, whereas yeah. I guess if it was a for sale property, it does put a little more pressure on the, on the um, you know, the lender to work out um with a bank valuation is to you know is that a fair price with comparable yeah. sales and things like yeah. that so so at the moment you think probably still probably now that's come back in maybe more business as usual they're still doing the same thing the same kind of checks but ultimately a good piece of advice is that what you're saying is make sure that you're getting the proper pre-approval not just a, a quick one yeah, yeah absolutely it's also worth noticing uh, noting that a, a bank valuation is there to tell the bank that the client is paying market value, it's not there to dictate what the market value is. So the banks now, as a rule, pretty much won't value a place that you want to buy before you've actually bought it. Yeah. So the value is going out, they're saying, well, is it really worth what these guys are paying for it? Um, and the, the vast majority of the time, it, it's all okay. So it's very different to, a, say, a, a real estate appraisal. Say so where, yes, where you might right. speak to a client and give them an idea of what the market's doing. The bank's got no interest in what the market's doing. They just want to know if that property is worth pretty much yeah. what the client's yeah. paid. Uh, and it's very rare that we see a problem with it. Okay. So with new buyers entering the market, um, what would be your best piece of advice you could give them? Uh, get the pre-approval done. Know your figures, know what you can do and know what leeway you've got to go a little bit higher if, if you want to um, so you don't get stuck. Um, get the pre-approval done and then just do research. Go and see properties, um, look on the internet, see what's been selling. So when you do find the place that you love, it's not such an emotional buy. It obviously will be an emotional buy, but there needs yeah. to be some um, facts and figures around the decision as well. Yeah, and then, definitely. Um, then I mean, we see fine. buyers out there all the time when they first enter the market, I guess they... They're trying to work out whether something's worth something and they're, they're always worried about whether they're overpaying. But we, we do try and explain to them that, you know, it, it isn't really a negotiation real estate in, in Sydney market. It's, it is a competition. Yeah. Um, it's such a, you know, well thought after, you know, a marketplace. So really you do have to come first to buy a property. So you will be that person that pays a little bit more than anyone else. And that's something you probably need to be prepared for. Otherwise, you'll just watch other people buy homes all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and what's interesting about it is all the people that they love and trust or, or, or respect or use in a professional way all try to give them advice on how not to pay the most for a property. But ironically, yeah. when those people bought, they actually did themselves as well pay the most. Yeah. So it yeah. is something we need to sort of unlock buyers from and say, look, if you really want a home, let's focus on, you know, if it's suitable to you and you do want it, it feels right. And if it does, yeah. let's guide you with where the genuine interest is and where you'd need to be to secure it. Yeah. Um, and I think that gives them the best fighting chance. And, you know, those buyers that adopt that strategy and say, look, you know, I know I need to go that little bit higher than everyone else. Yeah, um, you know, they get what they want. Yeah, and the thing is, it's only a little bit higher too. That's so right. So it's it's you're not talking a hundred thousand dollars higher in, in most no. cases. It might be five thousand dollars higher, and That's that right. just or, or thereabouts, you know, and and that just might be what it takes to get the to get the job done. And then if you're in that property for the next ten or twenty years, 
you know, the, the cost is long forgotten. That's uh, right. That's as right. long as it's within your means to repay. Now, a big question I've got too, which is probably the last big one I'll throw at you today, but sure. there's been a little bit of press about talking around about stamp duty exemption. Yeah. What have you heard of that and, and how do you think that, what, what have you, I mean, I don't think that's in place yet, but what, what are you hearing there? It's not in place yet. We haven't heard any industry whispers yet. Um, other than if the stamp duty was taken away, they may introduce a land tax to make up for it. So it would be great if you're going to be buying. It would really help first home buyers not having to pay that massive tax up front, uh, regardless of the purchase price. Um, but over time, you'd end up paying it back. Yes. Um, and from a government point of view, it's probably a great idea. Instead of someone spending 30 grand on stamp duty, they might end up paying 100 grand over the life of the property. Right. So again, a bit like the banks, you will catch up. It will catch up here in the end. But you know what we've seen is anytime they give a grant out to, to buyers in the marketplace, they tend to spend it fairly quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, th those people that have paid stamp duty won't be asked to pay that land tax. So um, mm -hmm. it'll, be, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I yeah, it'll be really interesting. I know a lot of people are happy about the thought of it. Uh, it's just going to see the devil's in the detail. Yeah, we'll see if you're a buyer out there and you're serious about a property, you might be thinking maybe I should wait. But I think what we'll see is if everyone, that, if there are buyers out there that they do bring that into place, we'll see people compete for that fairly quickly. Because ultimately, if another buyer wants a property too, they're going to use that saving that they're you know, getting up front. They're going to use yep. that to help them secure the property. Yep. And then if another buyer tries to do the same, they end up going to eroding that saving in order to secure the property. So we might see prices go up very quickly yeah. uh, in real estate if that was to occur. Yeah, um, yep. or at least stop them falling further if some of the other things we're talking about earlier um, come into play. So yeah, yeah, yeah. know it'll be it'll be really interesting. Interesting times all up. Um, how's everyone in your office going? Like you're all working remotely, or you? Yeah, you're yeah, in the, the office. office. Yeah, at the moment I'm in the office. Um, look, the off the office is adopting all the right strategies that we have to. Um, yeah. So yeah, remote working is um, something that we're still doing, and and it's been again that's all those little disciplines that we've had to add on to. To, to allow us to do that yeah. um, and, you know, keeping all the, the right um, social distancing measures around it when we are in the office and things like that. But, um, you know, there are times when you need to come in and do some certain things like, like sure. yourself. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, but ultimately, the good thing about real estate is, that, you know, you, a lot of the time it really doesn't matter where you are. You, you're really on the phone and, and uh, you know, you might be visiting someone's house or you might be doing an open home or, yeah. or not an open home, but, a, you know, a buyer appointment or something of that nature. So... Uh, and a lot of the things we do now are digitally and remote. So, you know, you know, putting properties online and advertising them, it's all done remotely. And yeah. so most of the time we, we don't really need to be in an office to conduct real estate. Yeah. Uh, there are just times when, you know, it's, it's easier to, like, for example, doing a meeting like this a bit easier with Wi-Fi to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good one. All right. Well, um, thanks for your time today, mate. Um, no worries. It's been great. Um, it's, uh, I've been watching your progress and your, um, uh, and your, your social media is, is excellent. Thank you. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, you're doing, you're doing great work, mate. And I do appreciate your time today. And I think what people don't realise is behind you there's a little board and it's very hard to see, but there are about a million little pinpricks on there all across the Shire of all your yeah. clients. So I think yep. that's a great testament as to how, to how well connected you are in the, out there in the marketplace and how many yeah, people trust you. Yeah, that's a good pick up. Yeah, all the so. houses we've helped uh, yeah. settle or anything to do with it over, over yeah. time. So, yeah, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Really good. Well, mate, again, thank you for your time. No worries, and, um, we'll talk again. We'll talk again for sure. Sounds great. See you, mate. Thanks, Ben.